Hello and welcome back to the Oklahoma Venture Forum podcast. My name is Kyle Golding, I'm your host, and I'm here today with Allison Conti from Watkins Conti Products. We'll explain what that means in a minute. First, hello, good morning, good to see you, Allison. Hi, good morning, so good to see you too. So happy to have you on the podcast. You have been a member and associated with Oklahoma Venture Forum for quite a while. Anyone who's yes. attended our meetings has probably seen you. Won a few awards, uh, nominations, and, and victories from the Oklahoma Venture Forum. So you've been a part of the Oklahoma Ecosphere, the business Ecosphere for quite a while. Yep. I've, I love it. It's a great organization. And now we finally have you on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I've always wanted to be on the podcast. That's right. And you'll be <laughs> presenting. You'll be our Power Lunch presenter uh, in December 2022, talking about patents and IP, intellectual property. Yes. Something you know really well. Well, I've learned a lot over the years. You're you're ingrained (laughs) in that process for sure, right? Absolutely. So let's give people the background real quick uh, for yourself. You're an entrepreneur, an inventor, public speaker, now a podcast guest, right? Yes. (laughs) And uh, you are the one of the founders of Watkins Conti Products, founded 2015. That's right. Uh, And Watkins Conti Products is devoted to innovation and development of affordable, effective solutions for common life-altering difficulties encountered in today's environment. That's right. That's a mouthful. That's a lot. (laughs) But you have a product, a specifically a flagship product and maybe some other support products. So tell us a little bit about Watkins Conti as a a company and the products that you manufacture. Okay, so we're a platform women's healthcare company. Uh, We're based in Edmond, Oklahoma. And um, started the company just really out of a need that I had. Um, I had a debilitating issue with stress urinary incontinence after having an 11 pound baby. Um, so was looking for a solution for myself. Um, really couldn't find anything viable for myself. I mean, there are surgical options and really invasive options. And then there are, you know, adult diapers and pads. And that definitely was not <laughs> something that I was interested um, in. So, so yeah, developed a 100% medical grade silicone vaginal insert that just places pressure right at the bladder neck, preventing involuntary leaking. And um, so that's our flagship product. Um, and then we've also written and that's into, the Yoni Fit. That's Yoni Fit. Right, yes. Yoni Fit. Yes. So we've done a lot of work on that. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of our intellectual property portfolio, um, we've expanded upon vaginal inserts that can do other things such as diagnostics, administration of medication, among a plethora of other things. Um, so yeah, it's been qu- quite a fun ride. And this issue, the issue that YoniFit addresses, this is a problem for one in three women worldwide. That's right. So a huge worldwide population is affected by this issue. That's right. Those are the women that'll even admit it. Right. Some of the doctors say more than 50%. It, it could be more, right. Currently, females are 51% of the U.S. population, so a majority of the people in the, the country have the potential to be affected by by this issue, thus could be b- benefit from your product. That's right. I mean, that's why after I figured out a solution for myself, I was all in on it because right. I knew, one, how debilitating it was psychologically for me. Um, but two, whenever I realized how many people were impacted, I thought, okay, this is, this is what I've got to do. So the first rule of business mm-hmm. is figure out a way to solve a problem, right? Right. <laughs> you can always make money <laughs> if you can solve a problem, and that's exactly what you've done. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of just um, thinking. I went to the Mayo Clinic website and started reading about anatomy and um, tried to figure out really just how to solve my own problem, um, and then, yeah. 
it's just really grown. So let's back up a little bit to you okay. personally. Let's, uh, your background, where you grew up, your education, and how any of that, if at all, benefited you when you started down this path of trying to solve this problem. Yeah, so I was born in Austin, Texas, raised in Pampa, Texas. Okay. Well, we won't hold that against you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you escaped Austin, thank goodness. <laughs> right. I could not afford to live there right now. <laughs> yeah, so I actually don't have a college degree, um, but I was raised in an environment with a lot of entrepreneurs. So my grandpa is an entrepreneur, my dad, both of my brothers are. So I think really just sitting at you know the dinner table, listening right. to their you know stories, whether I wanted to or not, I learned a lot <laughs> about entrepreneurship. Sure, sure. <laughs> So. A lot of a lot of good influence comes from the people that we that raise us and that we Absolutely. grow up with, right? And you know, whenever you're hearing challenges and then um, facing them as an adult later in life, right. you can just have that experience of knowing that anything can you know you can overcome anything. Did you have a an epiphany, a light bulb moment as you were researching for this product that you couldn't find, mm-hmm. and deciding, well, if it doesn't exist, maybe I can be the person who makes it exist. Was it immediate or did it take a while? The light bulb moment was whenever I was um, doing kickboxing. And um, I mean, I'm not sure if this is uncomfortable for you because we're talking about female (laughs) pelvic health. It's reality, right? It it really happens and to real people. Yeah. So most women have used a tampon before. And so on my menstrual cycle and I was doing, you know, kickboxing, which is a lot of jumping and plyometrics, sure. uh, I recognized that I was leaking less urine. And so that was the moment where I was like, well, what in the world? Um, how is that? Why? You know, and so that's when I started researching, how does that work? Why, mm-hmm. you know, why did that happen? I knew that, um, you know, a cotton vaginal insert wasn't going to be um, something that you could use every day, all day if you needed it. Um, but that was kind of the trigger for me of thinking, hmm, a vaginal insert. Interesting. So, so you identified a problem. Identified that the, the the solve for that problem didn't exist, mm-hmm. thus created an opportunity, a business opportunity, an opportunity for you to pursue a, a potential business. Yep. And from that idea mm-hmm. to the company that exists today, you're 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 way far into the process. There's a huge amount of of story we need to get from deciding you're going to start a company or develop this product to where mm-hmm. you are today. So start us down that path after, okay. after you decided to do it. What, All right. Did, did, you go, did you go for funding first or for partners uh, or for well, manufacturing? F- first, I, um, I used all of my life savings. <laughs> Again, as, as typical with entrepreneurs, it, that, that's exactly what you almost have to do to yeah. invest yourself right. in the process. So filed for a patent. Then was this patent based off something that you were designing, or were you working yeah, with an industrial designer that, that you sketched so out? So I sketched it out, and then I went to see a woman in Catoosa, Oklahoma, and I paid her six hundred dollars to draw it up in CAD. Okay. And then I manufactured a prototype just out of uh, rubber, so it wasn't like a, a medical grade silicone. Then I actually tried my own product to see if it worked. So I went to kickboxing. So you had an idea. You understood you needed to to to, uh, to pr- create some protection, some legal protection for this idea yes. as you as you were prototyping and developing and, mm-hmm. and just sort of essentially working through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but you mentioned earlier you you don't have a college degree. This is not your background. You're not an engineer or an industrial designer. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from this? It really needs to exist. To 
I'm going to be the person that makes it. Well, I started talking to doctors about it and because I wasn't sure if it was just my body type, you know, and so I, I literally scheduled appointments with doctors as a patient because I had a hard time getting in and then I took an NDA with me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then... I, I, it's not very often I would say this, but I would like I would wish I could have seen that. Uh, by the way, doctor, can can you sign this NDA? <laughs> it was interesting, and I'm surprised that a couple of them actually signed it. But wow. I knew as soon as I brought the prototype out and I saw that light bulb go off in their head, I knew I was onto something. Gotcha. Um, and so at that point, I I recognized that you know this was greater than just my own personal need. Right. Um, and and yeah, so from there it just grew. I knew that I couldn't do it by myself. Um, the doctors kept telling me they were like, you know, you have to go through the FDA approval process for this. It is very expensive. It's very hard. Um, I had no idea what to do, so I flew there with my daughter on my lap, <laughs> and um, my mom came with me, and she babysat while I went to a public conference at the FDA, and I started shaking hands. And I still work with some people that I met there seven years ago. Uh, today. So that's kind of how I started to develop the regulatory strategy to move forward with that portion of it. So there are two major facets of this project um, to make it successful. One is the intellectual property, and the second is actually having the license to take it to market from the FDA. Right. Something that a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera, don't, they don't have to go through this level of regulation, of approval, et cetera, right? So often many people can start a business, you know, right on the spot with, yep. with zero uh, interaction with the government. But when we're talking about medical devices, there's a huge amount of approval and right. red tape that you had to go to, through, right? Right. You have to prove it works. You have to prove that it's safe. I mean, if you're going to take anything, you know, that's going to claim to fix a medical need or help with any kind right. of a medical issue, um, you have to you have to prove that. So, so you started that? process in 2015? So that process started in 2016 um, is whenever I went to the FDA. And then we conducted a feasibility study at um, the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center the end of 2017. So we studied five patients, excuse me, 15 patients. And our product worked for approximately 87% of the women. So I knew I was on to something. Uh, But we did have to change, redesign a little bit. Um, you know, based on some things that we learned there. We actually took that information with our, um, you know, engineering testing that we had to do, some biocompatibility testing, and then took that to the FDA, thought we were going to get clearance, and they were like, nope, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They they gave you a whole new set of parameters you have to jump through? A whole new set of hoops. Right. So, yeah. So in order to make all this process happen, Mm -hmm. you needed funding. That's right. You had to raise money. Yep. So give a little bit of insight as to what it's like to be working on that process and fundraising at the same time. Challenging would be a word. <laughs> uh, so thankfully, and something else you had not done previous either. So that's right. You, you're you're doing all kinds of of new things and first mm-hmm. and taking these challenges on all at the same time. Yep, I think that it just kind of you know came through in my discussions with people like. It's really probably not anybody's dream to be the urine leakage lady. So that passion, I think, just, you know, that's But there's kind opportunity of <laughs> there. <laughs> that's right. But I did have lots of conversations with people. But the very first um, support that I had outside of 
um, family. It was just a couple guys I went to high school with, um, you know, that uh, made a nice real estate investment. And, um, you know, so they took a big risk. So, uh, first so you did a friends and family round? Did a round. friends and family round. Um, I also needed to bring on some experts mm. just because obviously I can't do this by myself. So didn't have any cash, but um, started issuing restricted stock mm-hmm. to doctors and intellectual property property people and um, FDA, you know, experts, uh, just so that that would kind of minimize the risk for our investors. So, but my very first investor was my mom, aside from myself, you know, and I have to say that because it's just, you know, thank God for, for moms. Right. But when you are seeking outside investment, Mm -hmm. one of the first questions they'll ask you is, is how much have you invested in? Are are other people, you know, are you really invested or are you just simply trying to to relieve relieve other people, uh, you know, of the risk and and put their money in as well? So you had to do a combination of those things. That's right. And then as soon as we got some doctors investing, Hmm. that's when it really started to roll. Right. And I guess validated the concept for you know, and minimize the risk for some of the others. Right. Because we are talking again about a medical device. It's right. something that is going to ultimately be hinged on whether or not the FDA would were to give you that approval to to put it to market, right? Right. Yeah. And and uh, the MDs behind that certainly help that process along. Yeah, as well. and validated, right. you know, just the market need and um, that women desire a non-invasive solution. I mean, they make a lot of money on surgeries, so for them to still recognize that there is a need for something that's a little more holistic, you know, I think was interesting. So, so now you have a product that's that's going through this process. Yep. You have uh, advisors. You have members of your board. You have investors. How do you organize all this together into a company and then continue to add additional IP to support the company as a whole, not just a singular product? That's a really big question. (laughs) I mean, I think at the end of the day, you just hire people that are smarter than you, um, listen to their constructive criticism, and then just work towards, you know, pivoting if necessary. Uh, I think that it's really important when building a company that you don't just get a bunch of people that are your cheerleaders. Right. Um, you have to have people that are going to have these conversations with you that are not easy. Right. Um, and you have to be willing to modify, right, <laughs> and pivot. And, you know, so that's been – it's been – there's been so much personal growth. Um, and But also just the company's grown from that as well. So we're, we've been talking about 2015, 2016. It's in a continual process. You yep. apply, the FDA tells you a whole set of different things you have to do again. Mm-hmm. You're making yep. adjustments through clinical trials. You're doing all of this. This Now, this is 2022. We're, yeah. we're, we're very far into this journey. Right. But you're getting to a point now where, where things are becoming very, very real. Yes. Because you have gone through that process, so how do you feel now when you look back at going back to the original? I have this idea, and maybe you started, you know, sketching and yeah. and trying to figure this out to where you are today. How do you? How does this make you feel being that person at the center of this process? Yeah, as I'm putting, it's interesting because I was actually thinking about that last night because it's been such a long road. Um, we started our FDA clinical trials that they requested that we do at the end of 2019. 
And so in 2020, here we go. We've got clinical trials rolling at NYU. Boom, COVID hits. You know, that's when I really started to expand our intellectual property portfolio because our clinical trials stopped. Right. Um, And then, so it's been a three-year clinical trial, which is a really long time. But I don't know, it feels so rewarding now because I'm compiling everything. I'm putting it all together. I'm talking to strategic partners. I'm planning for to scale. I'm planning to go to market. Uh, I'm trying to get medical device manufacturing to the state of Oklahoma. Right. If we can do that, it would be great, you know, for our economy. Uh, so that is what's just, it's so exciting. I mean, it's still a lot of really hard work, uh, but I don't know, it's, I thrive on that, I guess. But you're you know? dealing with different things now, right? It's manufacturing, distribution, manufacturing. Mm-hmm. eventually marketing, and right. sales, and then that whole process as well. So yep. uh, you'll have a, a very robust uh, set of activities happening around Watkin Conti. I can. I was hoping Watkins I could make Conti. it. I was, can I make it through the whole episodes? Watkins Conti products. Yes. Yeah. So fantastic that this is finally getting to a place to fruition. This journey. And again, as I started the conversation today, I want to remind everyone at the end of this conversation that it's not typically not easy. If it's worth doing, it's not easy, right? Right. And the real entrepreneurial pursuit is a long process. There's a lot of things that changes. There's a lot of uh, things that look like they're brick walls that you have to work around and make those make those adjustments and Absolutely. bring other partners in collaboration and, and adjust to what the market's willing to give you, et cetera. Then COVID happens and everything changes all over again. I think this is the more realistic uh, expectation that entrepreneurs need to have, but then seeing the success is also important too because you can work through all of these hurdles and setbacks and still become a successful business with products and additional IP and, and other things that go along with it. Yeah, it's funny because it's, you know, a lot of times you feel like you're in the trenches. I mean, things happen, right. you know, and you're so heavily reliant on so many other people uh, that things happen. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll be like, have just had a really hard meeting and then I'll run into somebody and I'll say, congratulations on everything. And you're just like, thanks. Cause I don't even feel right. like, you know, so, so yeah, it's definitely perception is not reality. It's and it, the, the entrepreneurial life is exciting, but it also is definitely a grind for sure. It is a grind, but at the end of the day, it is so worth it. Right. So, I mean, my, my daughter during COVID was five and she's sitting on my lap in these meetings. I'm a single mom, you know, what am I going to do? Um, so, you know, things like that, just during the time felt exhausting and I felt like I needed to apologize, but now I look back and I think, wow, what a wonderful experience for, for all of us, you know, my son included too. And I think a key takeaway for everyone listening to this podcast is there isn't a single way to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There's not a single way to fundraise or to take in investors or to develop your idea into mm-hmm. something real. There's there's multiple paths. Sometimes it's having your daughter sitting on your lap. Sometimes it's, you know, just uh, slipping an NDA to a, to a doctor who thinks you're in for <laughs> a, a checkup. A pelvic right? exam. <laughs> Doing whatever you have to do. Yeah. And not necessarily depending on a singular way of developing a successful business. That's right. And, and you get a lot of no's. Congratulations to you on that for, for making it through that process and getting to this side of it. Thank so you. So our guest today, Allison Conte, a inventor, a entrepreneur, a patent holder, 
a success story, and our presenter for December 2022. We will be discussing patents, IPs, and, and all of the things that come with intellectual property. Thank you for spending a few minutes to tell us your story, the, the process, and give people an idea what to expect at our December meeting. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here.